Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Today, we're going to continue a series of messages on knowing your enemy. I think this is the fourth uh, kind of like installment. But uh, before we jump right into the message, I, I wanted to, to, to talk to you about where, where most Christians are today is really they're in search of knowledge, right? Well, the Bible says knowledge puffs up, right? But when you really grow is not when you just know something, it's when you get it working in your life, right? So Paul said this, he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. What happens a lot of times is we hear something and we think, I know it, right? But the seed that is planted has to be watered before it's ever going to produce in your life. And what we want is we don't want to know something. We want something working in our life. Right? So it's not enough to hear something. So often we think, well, you know, I've heard that before. Well, you're supposed to hear it before. And you're supposed to hear it again and again and again. It's got to get watered. Right? If a farmer planted a field and it only got watered once, how many of you know it? they'd be in trouble? They need a continual watering, right, for that to grow to completion. In fact, what Jesus said, he said, if, well, you plant, he says, well, first there's the blade, and then there's a stalk, and then there's an ear, and then there's a full corn in the ear. It takes time, and for that to happen, the seed that's sown in our heart has to be watered. In Second Peter chapter 1, it says this, For this reason, I will, be, will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know them and are established in the present truth. So this is Peter. And he said, look, I'm not just I know I've told you this before. He said, but I'm not going to be negligent and think just because you heard it once. That's good enough. He said, I'm going to remind you. He said, so that you get established in the truth. Um, Second Corinthians two, verse 11, kind of our springboard text for this whole series says, least Satan should take advantage of us because we're not ignorant of his devices. I know a lot of Christians feel like, well, you know, the devil's not bothering me. You know, why do we even need to talk about the devil? Well, Well, first of all, we don't want to draw attention to the devil. That's not our purpose. It's like if a mailman is delivering mail, he's walking, delivering mail on a street and he gets attacked by a dog. Right. So what he does is he gets every sort of dog repellent. He gets himself in a big costume and starts walking up and down the street. Right. And any dog that shows up, he sprays. How many of you know he's missing his purpose? His purpose is to deliver mail, not deal with dogs. Right. But in order to deliver the mail, you got to deal with the dog. Right. And that's what the devil's like. Right. We are not fascinated with the devil. Right. But in order to get our job done. All right. We've got to deal with the devil because the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Peter is writing to Christians. Right. He's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to Christians. Right. In um, Acts chapter five, it says Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit 
Ananias and his wife Sapphira, they're Christians, they're part of the church. But yet Satan had filled their hearts. In Ephesians 6, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. You know, the Bible tells us to submit to God and resist the, the devil, right? So, so as Christians, we cannot ignore the fact that we have an enemy, right? Now, in Ephesians chapter four, it says, give no place to the devil. It says, don't give him an inroad, right? But there is one place that every Christian has to have for the devil, and that's a place in your theology, right? You have to recognize there is a devil. He's real. He's a malevolent, wicked, evil being who comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. He is your adversary and the enemy of your soul. Right? We have to recognize that. And we can't live as if there is no devil. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. The last time the devil submitted to you is the last time, I should say this way, the last time the devil fled from you is the last time you submitted to God and resisted the devil. Right? Some of us just want to submit to God and act like there is no devil. He will eat your lunch. When he shows up, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and we need to resist him. All right. So where do we go? There's two. The the, the supernatural realm is real, but it has two sources. There's light. There's darkness. There's God, and there's Satan and his realm. Just because something is supernatural does not mean it's good. But we're living in a society today where anything that happens that's supernatural, we're encouraged to embrace it, right? But there is an evil and there is a godly supernatural. Perhaps in in Exodus chapter seven is one of the clearest places this is shown. It says, so Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so just as the Lord commanded And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, and it became a serpent. So God has told him, this is what you're going to do. You go go into Pharaoh, you throw down the rod, and it's going to be a sign to him that I'm God, right? that I'm the one that is sending you. And they do it, and and his, his, his rod becomes a snake. Right? But Pharaoh called his wise men and sorcerers, his magicians, right? His, his new age channelers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. And every man threw down his rod and they became serpents. And Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8 tells us a little bit about these magicians. Right? Their names were Jannes and Jambres. And they were the two principal men that were Pharaoh's magicians, all right? They were occult practitioners. Now, the Bible says, just like they opposed Moses, the same thing is going to happen in the last days, right? And it is happening in our day. Now, what I want you to notice is God had a supernatural. The devil had a supernatural, all right? Now, the interesting thing is Aaron's rod gobbles up their rods, all right? which is really a type of what Jesus did on the cross. 
Jesus said in John chapter three, like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the son of man will be lifted up. See, when Jesus was on the cross, he became sin for us and he swallowed up all your sin. He swallowed up all my sin. And then Moses, excuse me, Aaron reaches down, grabs that rod, that snake, and it becomes the rod of God again. All right. Which is exactly what Jesus did. But there's two sources for supernatural. There's the demonic. Right. And then there's the supernatural that comes from God. Now, there, there, there are five doorkeepers. All right. Or five doors really into that, like guarantee you're going to have a demonic attack on your life. Right. And I wanted to talk about two of them, but let me just mention the five. First, there's fear. Right. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Second Timothy one seven. All right. Unforgiveness, bitterness. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter four. It says, be angry. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give Satan a foothold, an opportunity, an open door, unforgiveness. Then there's the occult. All right. We could add with that new age, spirit guides, magicians, witchcraft. Right. That would be the third door. Then unclean or unnatural sexual practices. Right. Um, Often in the Gospels, when Jesus is dealing with spirits. And by the way, it's interesting. Jesus comes and starts to cast out spirits. And this is what they said. What new doctrine is this? That he commands even unclean spirits and they come out. See, all through the Old Testament, nobody could cast a devil out. You know, David played on his harp and the demon left. Right. Because of the worship, because of the presence of God. But nobody was taking authority over spirits. Right. And by the way, that's the authority that Jesus gives us. Right. In Mark chapter 16, he said, he says, uh, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. The first thing he mentions, they'll cast out demons. Right. That's for every believer. Right. So unclean sexual practices, unnatural. Right. And again, Jesus would address a spirit as an unclean spirit. It's a sexually perverse spirit. Right. And then number five, idolatry. Right. Worship of a false god being in a false religion. Those are doors that like just swing wide open for the devil to come in. Now, when he comes, this is what an attack will often look like. Depression, mental illness, suicidal thoughts, sickness, disease, fear, oppression, addictions of every kind, confusion, calamity, uh, financial attacks. He, what does he come to do? Kill, steal, destroy. All right. John chapter 10, verse nine, Jesus said, I am the door. And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and come in and find pastors. Jesus is the door into the supernatural. It's just that simple, right? And any other way in is the wrong way in. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except by me. I can say it this way. Not all ways lead to God. You're going to hear people say it all the time. Well, there's different ways to get to God. No, there's just one way. Jesus is the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. 
Isaiah 8, verse 18. Listen here. This is actually a prophetic statement. This is Jesus speaking. All right? Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. By the way, we are the children. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts. All right? So Jesus and the church, his children, we're for, how are you for, how many of you are for signs and wonders? Jesus said, that's what we're for. And notice he says, from the Lord of hosts. Right? Not every sign and wonder comes from the Lord of hosts. So he goes on and he says, when they say to you, speak those who are, seek those who are mediums and wizards, spirit guides, fortune tellers who whisper and mutter. Should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living to the law and to the testimony? If they don't speak according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. Right. That's very clear, isn't it? He said, look, you go to God. You don't go to the occult. The Living Bible says it like this. It says, check these witches words against the word of God. If their message is different than mine, it's because I have not sent them and they have no light or truth in them. Right? So there is a supernatural that does not come from God. Right? And God says, you beware, beware, stay away. Uh, don't go. He, he literally says, don't go to the dead. All right. On behalf of the living um, today. Spirit guides are so, so, I mean, they're talking about it all the time on cartoons. My goodness, for goodness sake, they have spirit guides, right? Now there's supposed to be a dead person, somebody that died thousands of years ago. Every one of them is a demon. I'll say it. Every one of them is a demon. Often in the Bible, they're called familiar spirits, right? And uh, we'll, we'll look at that in just a moment. In Job chapter four, we find one of Job's friends has a supernatural encounter. It says, now a word was brought to me stealthily. My ear received a whisper of it amidst the thoughts from visions of the night. When deep sleep falls upon men, dread came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones shake. A spirit glided past my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. I've never had that chicken like get that stuff standing up. All right. All my bones stood up. It stood still, but I couldn't discern its appearance, right? So this spirit passes by him as he's laying on his bed and it's standing next to him. Now he can see something's there. He can't tell exactly what it is. And by the way, when a vision is from God, it's always crisp and clear, right? He, he could not make this out. He could tell something's there. I don't know exactly what it is, right? A form was before my eyes and there was silence. And then I heard a voice and the spirit starts to speak to him. And one of the reasons we know for sure this is a demon is because of what he told him. All right. He gave him a message straight from hell. All right. So <clears throat> godly supernatural, ungodly supernatural. Deuteronomy 18 is one of the places where it lays it out very clear for the children of Israel in their day. He says, when you enter into the land that God, your God, is giving you, don't take, don't take on the abominable practices of life of the nations there. Don't you dare sacrifice your son or your daughter in the fire. Moloch, <clears throat> actually in, in the image of Moloch, there was a spot to put your child and they would put fire underneath it and burn your child to death. 
right, is a sacrifice. Um, today, we just have abortion clinics. Don't practice divination. That's any type of witchcraft, any type of fortune telling, whether it's a, a Ouija board, a crystal ball, a palm reader, tarot cards, any of that. Don't practice divination horoscopes. Right? Um, the only stars that should affect your life, there's only one, right? And that's the bright morning star, and his name is Jesus, right? That's the, all, all that horoscope stuff straight from the pit of hell. Sorcery, fortune-telling, witchery or witchcraft, casting spells, holding seances, channeling with the dead against spirit guides, all right? God says, none of that. The people who do these things are an abomination to God. It is because of such abominable practices that the Lord your God is driving these nations out before you. And simply put, when God says it's an abomination, it's because it is demonically motivated and demonically empowered, right? The Living Bible says the same thing a little different. It says, any Israelite who presents his child to be burned, in the, burned to death as a sacrifice to gods must be killed. No Israelite may practice black magic, call on evil spirits for aid, or be a fortune teller or a servant charmer, a medium, a wizard, or calls forth the spirits of the dead. Right? Just a little bit different saying. Now, particularly today, I think Harry Potter, the, the books, the movies, just really opened up our culture to a demonic realm without pe people even knowing what was happening. Right? But when we talk about the occult, and when the Bible talks about the occult, here's the things that would be included. All right? First would be Eastern meditation. All right? Now, the Bible talks a lot about meditation, but it says you're going to meditate on the Word of God. Right? You fill yourself. You fill your mind with God's Word. But in Eastern meditation, you empty yourself. All right? It's not fill yourself with something. It's empty yourself with something. And they give you a word that you're supposed to like speak over and over and over again. By the way, that word is the name of a Hindu god. Right? And you're, just, you're calling on that god again and again and again. It's a term, it just opens you up to the demonic realm. Eastern religion, tarot cards, Ouija boards. I don't know how popular they are now. I know when I was a teenager, they were very popular. All right? Crystal balls, levitation, you levitating tables, doing things. It's demonic power. New age, spirit guides, fortune telling, automatic writing, levitation, crystal balls, uh, reincarnation, books that deal with the occult and reincarnation, symbols, um, particularly a lot, of, a lot of times jewelry will have symbols on it. And sometimes those symbols are from false religions, particularly Eastern and African religions, right? Um, I, I had a friend, um, someone gave him a piece of, uh, uh, it was actually kind of like a bracelet and it had a couple things on it and he was wearing it and he developed a rash and it got over his whole body. And prayed and prayed. Nothing happened. 
And as he was praying one day, he, he just felt like God showed him that bracelet. He took that bracelet and destroyed it. And within 12 hours, every bit of the rash was off his body and gone. Symbols, right? Um, burning incense to Krishna, the zodiac, Satanism, crystal balls, astral projection, soul travel, out-of-body experiences, parapsychology, ESP, reader advisors, poem readers, psychic counselors, um, voodoo, curses, reincarnation. Why go to the devil if you want a word from God, for goodness sake? All right. Now, I'm going to say something about these spirit guides. Right? Again, the Bible refers to them often as familiar spirits. All right. The reason they refer to them as familiar spirits is because they're familiar with facts about you. They know things that have happened in your life. They could tell you something that you and your aunt talked about in a closed room 20 years ago. Nobody else was there, but they might know about it. All right? They're familiar with things. And they can be extremely accurate going backwards. They're not very accurate going forwards. They're taking guesses going forward. All right? They may try to tell you what's going to happen. It's a guess. Right? But what they do is they suck you in on the front end, telling you something that only you and somebody else would know. Right? And again, they will tell you that's a spirit guy. That's somebody who died 10,000 years ago. And they have all this help that they have for you. Now, it's a demon spirit. It's an imposter right? who's trying to get an inroad into your life. Right? In the postmodern world that we're living in, people hate to be told that anything is wrong especially by God or the church, especially, all right? Leviticus 19, give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits, all right? Now, we would call them spirit guides, all right? Those, those familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God, Leviticus 20. And a person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them. So this is an Israelite who's supposed to be in covenant with God. And they're going to Satan. All right. I'm going to set my face against that person to cut him off from his people. All right. Now, there are fakes in abundance. All right. Not, not everybody who says they've got some connection has a connection. All right. But a real medium will enter into a trance and become a channel for a demon spirit to give you information. Right? But once you do that, you open up a door. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 28, King Saul has departed from the Lord, and he's trying to get God to speak to him. God's not speaking to him. And so he said to his servants, Seek me a woman who has a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman who has a familiar spirit in Endor. So Saul disguises himself and he goes and he says, Bring me up Samuel. I want to talk to Samuel, the prophet. She gets in the trance and instantly she says, You're Saul. She instantly has supernatural, she knows what's going on. All right. And then she says, Oh, I see a form. All right. And uh, by the way, that was not Samuel. That was an evil spirit. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible tells us so. First Chronicles chapter 10. So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not. 
and also for asking counsel of one who had a familiar spirit to inquire of it and inquired not of the Lord, right? Who did he inquire? He inquired of it. He inquired of a familiar spirit, not God. It wasn't Samuel, God's prophet that showed up. It was a demon spirit that showed up, right? But all of those things that we're mentioning, they open a door for a spirit. You voluntarily do something. And when you voluntarily do something, it opens a door for a demonic attack on your life. Deuteronomy 7, verse 26. Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest it, utterly abhor it, for it's an accursed thing. Now, it's talking here about bringing an idol or a demonic artifact, something that's used in demonic worship. Right? It says it's an abomination, but don't bring it into your house, all right? because you're, you, be, you become doomed to destruction. It is an open door for the enemy. Don't bring an idol into your home or to, and worship it, for then your doom is sealed. Living Bible. Amplified, neither shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you become a, an accursed thing like it but you shall utterly detest and abhor it, for it's an accursed thing. Um, Howard Carter uh, was general general superintendent for the Assemblies of God in Great Britain for quite a few years. Um, He started the first um, Pentecostal Bible College in in England. Uh, He had a missionary come from India who who spoke to the students. And when he left, he left a brass cobra about this big wound up cobra. You know how they have their mouth open. And he left that and and they put it in the back of the main classroom. Howard Carter said, suddenly when he did that, 60 to 70% of his students were falling asleep every lecture. And he said, I'd never had people fall asleep. So he prayed about it. And the Lord said, it's that brass serpent. So he took the serpent dug a hole six feet deep behind the school and buried it and didn't tell a soul. He said, I never had one single student fall asleep again in my class. Right? Now see, artifacts can carry a demonic curse with them or a demonic presence with them. As I mentioned before about, about my personal friend, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 20, Whether the things which Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. So when someone goes and worships an image, they may make a sacrifice to that image. They may pray to that image. They do homage to that image. They worship that image. The Bible says it's not the image. It's a demon that receives that worship. He says, and I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. He said, when you do that type of a worship, you enter into a relationship with that spirit. That's when you come to God and you worship God, you're entering into a relationship with God. Acts chapter 19, uh, beginning with the 13th verse. 
Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. There were also seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest who did so. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? They, they They had no faith. They had no right to use the name of Jesus. They weren't believers like you. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. They were the first streakers right there. All right. This became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who practice magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. This is millions of dollars. They didn't sell them. They burned them. They destroyed them. Right? And, and that's what needs to happen to occult books. Right? That's what needs to happen to occult paraphernalia. You don't sell it. You destroy it. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Again, in Acts 16, we find another encounter with the occult. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed by a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Now today they might call this person just a fortune teller, a reader, advisor, a spiritual counselor. Um, Today, somebody might read your palm. They might look into a crystal ball, use tarot cards, or they may be a a little less sneaky and just say, I'm a spirit guide and my spirit is telling me. All right. Now, the Bible says spirit of divination. The the Greek says she had a python spirit. All right. A python spirit. You all know what a python does. It wraps itself around its prey and tries to squeeze it to death. All right. Now, that is what happens when a person becomes involved in the occult. All right. That spirit. Now, um, in, in Mark chapter five, Jesus is dealing with a demonic situation. And, and, and so he comes to the region of the gatherings, this man who wears no clothes, who lives in the tombs, who's constantly yelling and screaming. The Bible says he cuts himself. And by the cuttings of the devil. All right. He's cutting himself and he comes to Jesus. And Jesus said to the man, to the demon, he said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And Jesus said, what's your name? And he answered, my name is Legion, for we are many. My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him, Jesus, that Jesus would not send them out of the country. All right. So he begged the head spirit that he would not send them, all of them, out of the country. Now, a large herd of signs was feeding near the mountains, so all the demons begged him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out. So there was one spirit that was the dominating head spirit, and he was, he was doing the speaking, all right? And Jesus dealt with all of them, but it starts out the one spirit is speaking. Now, listen, when anyone goes 
to an occult practitioner. There is a demonic spirit that is working through that person. But that spirit has minions. That spirit has other spirits. Let me say it like this. You go to, to, to an occult practitioner to have your, your fortune told, and you walk in alone, but you'll never leave alone. There will be a demon spirit that will leave with you. All right. What does he come to do? Kill, steal, destroy. Mental problems, depression, suicidal thoughts, sickness, disease. I mean, the, 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 the gamut of what demonic spirits do. But when you open the door by purposefully, willfully doing something with the occult, you never leave alone. You never leave alone. That spirit will follow you home. All right. So when a door is willfully open, that same door needs to be willfully closed. Right. A willfully open door needs to be willfully closed. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. And um, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to minister to people today. We're going to. Uh, here's what I would like to do. If, if you recognize. As I've been speaking he says, you know, I was involved in this or that occult activity. And you look at yourself and, and you can say, look, there's depression, there's suicidal thoughts, there's mental problems, there's sickness, disease, there's, a, there's, there's addiction, man, addictions of every kind, all right? That there's no, there seems to be no help for. In fact, that man in Mark chapter 5, it says that no one could help him. No one. Nothing worked for him. Right. See, but there was an, there was a way that the, the, the demonic spirit got in confusion. All right. Calamity, financial attacks on your life. You look at that and say, look, I can see what I did and I can see that there are some of the results. The oppression, the problems, the, the, the addiction, the confusion, the calamity, uh, the, the, the depression that goes with these things. And you say, today, I want to get totally free. I'm going to ask you to just slip up right up front right now. We're going to do four simple things, four things, and you're going to be set free. Now, I know that there's a lot of people here. If you're in the balcony, please just make your, make your way down. Make your way down. Because the occult has become so, so prevalent in our culture today. Um, I, I was reading one of Jeannie's um, gardening magazines several years ago. And right in the gardening magazine, there was an article to teach you how to be a channeler, how to contact a spirit of someone who had died thousands of years ago and how this person was going to help you. Well, the truth was it was a demon spirit. They're imposters. All of them. They're imposters. Right. All right. So number one, number one is simply repent. And just right now, you just, I want you to just lift your hands and just say, Lord, I do. I repent. I turn my back on the occult. I turn my back on the thing that I have done. You can just mention it to the Lord. And now then you just say, devil, I want nothing from you. I want nothing to do with you. Jesus is my Lord. 
my king, my source, my counselor, my help, my strong tower. And I surrender every area of my life to Jesus. Now, let me just pray over you, Father, as these doors have been closed. Right now, in Jesus' name, I bind every spirit, oppressing spirit, that has come and attached themselves to their life. And in Jesus' name, I command you, go! We break your assignment on their life in Jesus' name. We command you to go. And we say, Holy Spirit, come. Come. Bring freedom. Bring freedom. Bring freedom. Bring spiritual health. Bring release. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.